Hello and welcome to the Muni Oral History Project, where we explore the stories and rich history of the Springfield Municipal Opera over the past 60 years. Stories from the people who have built, experienced, and performed what we'd like to refer to as Muni Magic. Sit back and relax and listen to these tales of Broadway under the stars. This is Jacob Potty here with the Muni Story Oral History Project. And I have here with me today, Angela Whitlow Mead. How are you doing today, Angela? I'm awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks for doing this, Angela. Angela is one of the seven or six individuals that have played that little boy who will never grow up at Muni, which is we've done seven times. Carolyn Fleischy did the role twice. So that's why there's six people that have played the role and we'll get to that in a little bit but just right out of the gate Angela what was your first Muni experience this can be just as an audience member oh wow um as an audience member I feel like it was Jacob and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat oh you mean Joseph I'm sorry what did I say you Jacob? said Jacob yeah Joseph, Joseph. Excuse yeah excuse me <laughs> it's I've got you on my mind yeah. Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, I couldn't tell you what year it was, but I was very young. So I was just amazed by it. I loved being outside watching a show under the stars. And um, the music was so great for the show. Obviously, that's just such an awesome production. It was very exciting. Well, great. So then let's fast forward. What was your first Muni show you were a performer in so that actually was peter pan oh. um, i had done multiple shows with the springfield theater center um maybe a dozen or so as a junior higher and high schooler and um peter pan i was uh cast my senior year of high school and um on my way out to college basically and um it just all the stars were aligned it worked out really well um for my, where I was in my development as a performer and my maturity as a young person. Okay, so we'll get to talking about playing that iconic character, but first, what was your first audition like? This, of course, was still the cattle call days where there were 200, 300 people watching you perform. What was that like? Were you intimidated? So I actually started auditioning at Muni when I was a little girl. Um, my very first audition out at Muni was for Annie. Oh, yeah. And I was maybe 10 years old at the most. And I remember at home, like practicing over and over again with my Annie record, trying to learn the song or practicing tomorrow. And then uh, I had to go up by myself on the stage in front of all the people that were there and a million other little girls. And I sang and I was such a brave, bold little girl. But when I got up there for that first Muni audition, I, I didn't choke, but I couldn't get my volume out. So I sang very, very quietly and timidly. And I remember my mom saying, oh, you sounded so pretty, but you needed to be a lot louder. So that was my first Muni audition. And then uh, in junior high, I tried out again for Sound of Music and went through callbacks got into like the final stages of callbacks 
with Sound of Music and didn't get cast that time either. So for me to return, I didn't return again until Peter Pan. And that call back, that experience was, um, I think we had a big dance tryout first. And then I got up there and sang, I've got a crow. And I had been practicing so much uh, that my next door neighbors were complaining <laughs> that they could hear me crowing out my windows of my house. So I was ready for that and um, was really confident. And then the callback for that, um, my good friend, Abby Seipel, who I had just played in multiple productions with at, musical, at um, Springfield Theater Center, she was called back for Wendy and they recognized during the callback that we had a chemistry pre-existing to the show. And um, so when they put us together at the callback, I think it was a, it was a great fit. Yeah. So then who directed that production of Peter Pan? It was Tom Shrewsbury. So right out of the gate, you got, you got to be a, a show directed by Mr. Muni. Yes. And he was the nicest person ever. Just the sweetest, nicest person. I had not um, worked with him in the past. I'd actually done my first theater center production with his wife as my director um, years and years before. So it was great to work with Tom. He was just always very caring and sweet and I loved it. Yeah, do you remember who else was in that production of Peter Pan? <sighs> So as I said, Abby Seipel was Wendy. Um, Sean Edward was my hook. Um, oh my gosh. Mary Young was Tiger Lily. And our Brad Davis was one of the little brothers. Oh yeah. And that's all I can think of at the, like off the top of my head. Anna Bussing might've been a little Indian girl, a little Indian dancer. I can't remember, but I mean, it was a long time ago. So yeah. yeah. To remember everybody, but um, it was an, it was just, it was an awesome cast and we had so much fun. So what was it like flying? Flying took a lot of, um, the core strength to stay facing front forward all of the time. Um, mm -hmm. I was scared of, I've always been very scared of heights. So there was kind of that irony with me playing that role and being hoisted up really high. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I had to have a lot of trust in my flyers, the guys that were pulling the ropes backstage. And um, they were so careful and so concerned and the, um, the brace or the, I don't know, the device that you wear for the flying that you get hooked into and then hooked onto um, was kind of uncomfortable and like rubbed in all these weird places. So I had all these weird like bruises and scrapes and things like throughout those final days of production. Um, but it was really cool because as a little kid, you know, you, you see Peter Pan flying and it's so magical. And so then to actually be able to do that, um, which is something that a lot of people don't get to do when they're on stage flying. Um, it, it was really cool. I felt like it was definitely a, um, a privilege 
to have that opportunity. Yeah. So what was it like being in that role? Of course, like it's a kid's show. All of the kids are just mesmerized. Were you kind of just taken aback by all the attention? I actually was. And the funny thing is I worked at Baskin Robbins at the time too. And uh, people would come into Baskin Robbins to like get my autograph and bring in their kids because I had the pixie haircut. So it's recognizable. It was a different look for, you know, a girl at that time. And, um, and people knew my name, knew I worked at Baskin Robbins. So they would come and seek me out there, <laughs> um, put me on like Somebody had me on a, um, like a scavenger hunt to go find Peter Pan where she works or whatever. Um, I had little kids writing letters to me that um, came to my home. And I then tried to write back and put glitter in the envelopes to make them feel special. Um, but after the shows, the little kids would come up and want, you know, some fairy dust and it was really cool, but it was really, what was really funny is my parents having been a part of the community for so many years, um, were really proud of my earning that role and, you know, the tradition that went with that at Muni and the audience numbers that came with that. And they were so proud and, you know, it was very defining for them. Like they, they would always, you know, they talked about it for years and always wanted to show the videos to my friends when I would come home from college and things like that. Um, so it was really fun and sweet how it meant a lot to my parents um, for me to play that role because they understood kind of the, the history, I guess, with Muni with that role. Yeah. So then what was your next Muni show that you did? Next production I did the following summer, I played um, the Judy Garland role in Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Um, and I loved it. Um, it was really funny because at the first rehearsal, I said a line and Dr. Kaplan was like, nope, no Peter Pan coming out of that mouth. You've got to change your character, change your voice. And I was like, whoa. Um, so I had to play, you know, very different, more very feminine, very different role. And um, it was such a blast. That cast was just a bunch of like fun uh, teenagers. And we just, you know, danced our hearts out and sang and had a lot of fun in that production. I was, I loved it. Yeah. So how did it go? How did it feel going from one iconic role to another, but two completely opposite roles? Well, I think it was, I mean, initially it was very flattering. It's very exciting. Um, I loved the music. Um, I loved being in those big casts. Um, it was a it was a great stretch for me to have to, you know, to have Dr. Kaplan say, no, you've got to, you have to act like you can't just be the same all the time. You can't be Peter Pan all the time. You've got to change it. I think it was Esther was her name. Maybe. Yeah. Um, you've got to really personify her. It's not just about being loud and cute on the stage. There's, you know, taking on a whole persona. So it was a good lesson in um, characterization, character development, I guess, as a, as an actor. For me at the time 
Yeah. Do you remember who else was in that show? Let's see. Kevin Cartwright, I think, played The Boy Next Door. Um, Tony Thrasher was maybe my brother or another character. Um, Susan, I can't think of her last name at the moment, was my sister. Anna played the little Tootie. Yeah. Tootie in that. Um, Barb Schwartz played my mother. And I'm I'm drawing a blank. I can see his face, the the guy who played my father. Oh my gosh. Wasn't that Paul Presney? Yes, thank you, Paul Presney. That's right. Oh my gosh, another really sweet guy. So, um, but we had a huge cast of teenagers like a huge ensemble and it was really fun to like go to the practices and then be in these really fast moving active dance numbers. It was a cool, it was a cool experience. And, huh. and Dr. Kaplan was the director and he was quite the character himself. So it was a good experience. Yeah. So then what was your next show? With that, I think, I think that was my, I only did one more. I think I did Wizard of Oz with Laurie O'Brien as the director. And I was, no, no, no. I did Wizard of Oz and I did Annie. Sorry, I did Wizard of Oz and then I did Annie. So Wizard of Oz, I think, was next. Who'd you play in Wizard of Oz? I was an apple tree. Oh. (laughs) And I think that might have been it. I was maybe in some other scenes, but I think it was an apple tree in like that apple tree trio with Barb Schwartz again. And we just had tons of fun just vamping that role. And then, um, and then the following show I did was Annie. I feel like Lori O'Brien mm-hmm. directed that too. And, um, and in that I played a number of different ensemble parts. Yeah. And that was the last mini show you were in then? That was it. Um, I think I finished college then and headed up to Chicago. Okay. So then one of the phrases we use a lot in the theater world is the show must go on. And that you can apply to a lot of different things. But for this series, I'm just using it as things that went totally wrong. So wardrobe malfunctions, sets falling down or apart, choreography mishaps, tripping on stage, flubbed lines, anything that you can think of that went wrong that's worth mentioning. The main problem or challenge I encountered out at Muni on stage during live productions was inhaling bugs while singing in particular, um, or even saying lines, but you know, you're taking in deep breaths so you can project well and you just pull in a moth and it's you know everybody had said up 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 front you know if that happens just crunch it and move on you know or sing around it um so the the moths were difficult because they were bigger and kind of chalky um but if it were something smaller like a beetle you could just kind of crunch and swallow and carry on um but those were that was really the main thing. I do, I do feel like during Peter Pan um, rehearsals, we had a windstorm of some kind and a set piece did blow over. Nobody was hurt, but it was, it was scary to the people that were on the stage or mm-hmm. where, when that 
big set wall came tumbling down. Um, but otherwise, I was really fortunate during all of those shows to never have any major issues with, you know, lines or or costume problems. It was it was just the bugs. <laughs> yeah. So one of the phrases we use a lot at, at Muni is Muni magic. And playing Peter Pan, I use this example a lot to a lot of people. That's when Peter Pan flies into the nur- those um, French windows open and Peter Pan flies into the nursery. Or sometimes it's just being outside on a hot summer night, being caught up in a wonderful story. What does Muni magic mean to you? I think you you touched on two really important parts. The fact that you're out there under the stars, under the lights, looking out at this vast crowd and like as a child or a teen, like aspiring to be on that stage Mm -hmm. and finally being out there is very exciting, um, magical to be sure. Um, For Peter Pan, I do distinctly remember looking out at the crowd and those rows and rows of little kids with like that look of awe on their face as I'm flying across the stage, you know, this character that they love from Disney movies or books or whatever the case. Um, That was really cool. It was really cool to see them, the audience reacting to that moment. For sure. Yeah. So then another phrase that we use a lot is uh, Muni family. And that can mean literal families doing a show together it can mean those lifelong friends that you make or doing shows with your friends what does meaning family mean to you it was it's definitely the friendships that were developed um not only with the cast members but also the crew members they were such an important part of Mm -hmm. all of our roles you know all of our productions and i just remember like being backstage like doing make having my makeup and hair done by David Mounts for Gwen Cribbit and you know developing relationships with them um developing relationships with all the people that were safely moving the sets and you know very concerned for our safety on the stage and then as I said um just developing those friendships with all these these big groups of teens um it was so much fun doing something you love acting and singing and doing that with kid other kids that loved it just as much or had you know it's just huge amounts of talent it was so cool and then definitely stayed friends with this with all of them for years um on facebook now still friends um and my sisters both did some uni productions my dad stepped in as a monk in sound of music one time um now my daughter is doing uh theater and um, performance. So just kind of passing my love of that onto her. But you know, what I keep telling her is I just can't wait for her to have an experience like what I had with the joy that came to going to just going to a practice, going to rehearsal. I could not wait. I could not wait every single day to get to practice with my friends and, you know, work on all of those songs and dances and, um, and again, you just be there with these people that definitely were family. And they had also a lot of those teens, like we had done show productions together again at the, the, the theater center 
for years um, too. And another cute thing is when I was in Peter Pan, we had all the little lost boys and I went off to college that fall and all those little boys um, were sending me letters at college. Oh, yeah. And it was so sweet. And I would like, they were my little pen pals and I've got, I still have those letters today in a bag somewhere in my keepsakes, you know, these cute little letters from little, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 year old boys that were my little buddies during Peter Pan. It was cute. Yeah. So then who were some of the special people that you worked with during your um, few years with Muni? Well, I mean, Tom Shrewsbury, Jerry Hicks, they were just awesome. Um, Marge Birchtold, is that how I say her last yeah. name? Yeah. Um, she was a choreographer for me for, I think, Peter Pan and for Meet Me in St. Louis. And I wasn't ever, I would never consider myself a super strong dancer. Um, she was very nurturing and patient and instructive in her choreo when she taught us our choreography because everybody was at different levels. So I love that. Um, I mentioned David Mounts. He was doing my makeup when I was, you know, 11 years old doing shows at music at, um, the, at theater center and uh, was then doing my makeup again and again at Muni. So loved him. He cut my hair for Peter Pan. Um, trying to think. Oh, I can't remember the name of the music director for um, Meet Me in St. Louis, but she was a music teacher at um, Sacred Heart Griffin, and she was wonderful, wonderful, just loving. Carla Butcher, she was my music director for for Peter Pan. She and I became dear friends during that show. So just tons of great people. Everybody was always just so positive and supportive and fun and talented and that's cool to be inspired by others around you yeah so then the last question i have is the deep one but um important nonetheless is what makes muni special well i think for me um what made muni special is the high expectations for quality productions you're gonna go out there as an audience member and see a very, a fine-tuned quality production where hundreds of people have put in lots of effort and time, volunteer hours and so on to make it a truly magical experience for the audience. Um, then on the flip side, as the performer, um, realizing that you get that you are are able to be a part of that quality show um, and experience is very moving it's very flattering like um i remember when um when the directors called me oh scott um i don't know i'm drawing blank on last name god ah. is that richardson got, yes richardson oh my gosh it's just been so long since i've pulled yeah. these names Scott Richardson actually was the one who called me for the Peter Pan role. Um, he was like, well, we, were, we would really like for you to play the role of Nana the dog. And I was like, uh, okay, because just to be a part of a Muni production, I was happy to take any role. And of course, 
they all started laughing and they were like, no, you're going to play Peter Pan, obviously. But um, I was just so excited just to have an opportunity to be a part of something. So um, I know you said the word iconic, but everybody in the, in, it was just a, it was important, uh, an important theater in Springfield. And it was kind of like where you wanted to strive. You when I was always striving, obviously I tried out multiple times <laughs> to get there and be a part of it. So I feel like it was magical both as a performer and an audience member. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for sharing your Muni story with us. Well, thank you for reaching out to me. This is a, it's great to kind of go back down memory lane and relive all these highlights of my, my uh, young adult life. I mean, it was all those, all those years on theater on the stage were definitely the highlights of my childhood. So I love reliving it. Well, thanks so much. And you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to the Muni Oral History Project. This is an ongoing effort to capture the memories and stories of the Springfield Municipal Opera. If you have pictures, videos, or stories you'd like to contribute to this effort, please email history at themuni.org. Your hosts have been Jacob Potty and Craig McFarland. Production assistance by Vanessa Ferguson and Jeremy Geckner. Special thank you to the Muni Board of Managers and the Muni Board of Trustees for their support in this effort. And thank you to all the Muni family who continue to help us create magic every summer.